This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalameen. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer of one and all. Wa usalli wa usallim ala khatamil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon all his companions and all those who have followed him. May Allah make us all from amongst them and our offspring until the day of qiyamah. Wa ba'd. Thereafter, my dearest ulama, Brothers and sisters in Islam and beloved listeners, tonight's verses, alhamdulillah, very, very interesting verses, and I wish to draw a point to ponder for every single one of us. But before I commence with the verses that were recited tonight, inshallah, I have promised that there were two issues or two verses from last night's recitation that I was going to mention before proceeding. Those verses are connected to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam and his argument he had with his father. A young boy grew up in the home of his father who used to, according to some of the narrations, carve some idols and sell them and he began to ask his father, what is it that you are selling? You are selling things that people must worship. If they want something, they must buy this idol and worship it and then they will get what they want and a person who doesn't have money will not have access to the Lord and so on. Young boy began to ask questions. And from this we are taught that to ask questions is not bad. We need to find answers. Definitely the cure for ignorance is to ask. But we need to know how to ask. And when we ask, we should not be biased before we even know the answer. Sometimes we are already leaning on to one side. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness upon justice. So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam disagreed with the answers given by his father. And his father threatened him. And his father in fact ignored him and punished him and this shows us that when our little children ask questions if we do not answer those questions they will probably go and get answers elsewhere so it is our duty to educate ourselves let's not be lazy and after educating ourselves we must find answers for our own children because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed those children as a responsibility upon our own shoulders may Allah make it easy for us indeed the days are tough the times are tough and there are various issues in the surroundings. We know that there is an onslaught against Islam. People are asking lots of questions. And they are asking mischievous questions. They are trying to contaminate not only the minds of the children. But even the minds of the adults at times. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And the fact that he then looked at the stars. And he looked at the moon. And he looked at the sun. And he then decided that I cannot be worshipping any one of these. He says, He 
I have turned my face to whomsoever has created the skies and the earth and whatever lies between it and I am not going to be from amongst those who associate partners with that supreme deity. That is the Abrahamic monetism. And he began to now argue with his people. His people asked him a question. If you recall last night's verses, some of the longest mads that are pulled in the Quran. His people argued with him and he said, he said to his people, how can you argue with me? About Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah has guided me, He is one, He is alone. They told him, don't you fear these idols? They told him, don't you fear these idols? That something bad might happen, something bad might inflict you, because you are damaging the reputation of your forefathers. He answered them with a question. وَكَيْفَ أَخَافُ مَا أَشْرَكْتُمْ وَلَا تَخَافُونَ أَنَّكُمْ أَشْرَكْتُمْ بِاللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يُنَزِّلْ بِهِ عَلَيْكُمْ سُلْطَانًا How can I fear what you are associating in partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How can I fear these idols? When you are not fearing the supreme creator, whoever created you, nourishes you, cherishes you, protects you, the one you are going to return to, you are not worried and you, you cannot fear that supreme deity and you want me to fear these little items that my own father makes and carves and sells. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتِلْكَ حُجَّتُنَا آتَيْنَاهَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ that was the argument that we equipped Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam with against his own people. What was the argument? The argument of monetism. He says, I challenge you. I challenge you to worship the one who created you, nourishes you, cherishes you, sustains you, protects you. The one whom you shall return to. Just ad- admit and agree that he is one, supreme. He has no partner. That's it. And you shall be from amongst those who have submitted. That was his argument. And so many accepted. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast on monetism. Islam is the only religion that takes very seriously the issue of monetism. And remember shaitan's plan. Shaitan's barrage of weapons raid on us on a daily basis where he wants to snatch away from us this monetism. We should constantly question ourselves. Are we still steadfast on this monetism? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us as steadfast. Moving on to tonight's verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the eighth para or the juz of the Quran about the fact that in every community there are certain people who will create problems. They will cause problems. Like what they did to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In fact, there are two verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًّا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ In the same way we have kept for every Nabi enemies from amongst mankind and jinkind. So this was comforting Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tasliyatan li Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was told It is not only you whom there were people against But all the other anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam 
There were people who were against them, plotted against them, man including jinn. And the Mufassirin have mentioned that man is mentioned before jinn because man is more dangerous than jinn. Shayateen, the shayateen of man are more dangerous than the shayateen of jinn. And we will get to how and why, inshallah, in tonight's verses. And another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا فِي كُلِّ قَرْيَةٍ أَكَابِرَ مُجْرِمِيهَا لِيَمْكُرُوا فِيهَا وَمَا يَمْكُرُونَ إِلَّا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ In the same way, not only against the Anbiya, but every single nation, every single community will have some of the people who have power and clout in that community, who will plot and plan the downfall of their own community at times. And Allah says, they should remember that that planning and plotting will only damage them and nobody else. In one verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا يَحِيقُ الْمَكْرُ السَّيْءُ إِلَّا بِأَهْلِهِ The evil plot and the evil plan is not deserving of anyone but the one who planned and plotted himself. Remember, Allah has written the taqdeer of everyone. So if someone is planning to harm you, and that harm is not written for you, it was in the taqdeer of that particular person, that really and truly, that harm will affect them adversely and negatively, and possibly and probably go down into their progeny and their offspring. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. Very dangerous to actually plan and, uh, plan and plot against others, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has really decided who will get what, and what success each person will see. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us strong. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of other issues that are haram, and he begins by saying, do not commit zina, do not engage in shirk, do not go out and usurp the wealth of orphans, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, do not kill your own offspring, fearing poverty, or in poverty. There are two verses that we have heard in the Quran, one in this juz, and the other in the 15th. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ مِنْ إِمْلَاقٍ نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ Do not kill your offspring because of poverty. We will grant you and we will also grant them. And in another verse Allah says, Do not kill your offspring fearing poverty. خَشْيَةَ إِمْلَاقَ نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُهُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ A person who is fearing poverty is not poor. So Allah says, in that case, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُهُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ We will grant them, your offspring, and we will also keep you on the level that you are in and even better. And in the verses that were read tonight, Allah says, do not kill your offspring because of poverty. You are already poor. So Allah says, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ We will grant you as well as them. This is just a tip for those who are huffar. At times we are confused, when is it hum and when is it kum? We should know that all this, there is a plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always there is a method of memorizing the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a very, very powerful verse. A powerful verse that I'm sure we are all well aware of. 
One day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was seated with his companions and he drew a square. And from one part of the square he drew a line going to the other part within the square and then it jutted out. The line jutted out outside the square. In fact, he drew a straight line and on the sides of the straight line he drew separate lines, little lines on either side of the straight line. And he told the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, do you know what this is? And they responded saying, it is Allah and His Messenger who know best. He read this verse. وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ This is indeed the straight path. The straight path. So follow it. This is the straight path of mine. So follow it and do not follow the side paths. Or you will be led astray. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not lead us astray. One narration says, on every path there is a shaitan which calls towards it. On every wrong path there is a shaitan which calls towards it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us all from these shayateen. The first narration that I was mentioning to you, the one about the square, that is in fact about the hopes of man and the planning of man. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, this is man. Man's ajal, the ajal meaning the time frame, the life of man is like the square that I have drawn. He says that as for the line that comes from one side of the square to the other and goes beyond, that line is actually the planning of man, the hopes and aspirations of man. They go far beyond the person's life. The life comes to an end and planning goes far beyond. How many of us, in fact almost all of us, we don't know when we are going to die. Every single one of us does not know when we are going to die. And we've always planned what we are going to do tomorrow. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at least make us plan for the day we are going to meet Him, that He can be happy with us, and we can have a little bit to put forward on that day. Through His mercy, inshallah, He will grant us Jannah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact that the people of Quraysh and the Kuffar of Mecca, they used to use several excuses. And even some of the people who had not yet accepted Islam in Al-Madinatul Munawwara, they used to use excuses. And any excuse to stay away from Islam was good enough for them. The reason is Islam came with lots of rules and regulations. Rules and regulations to, to purify man, to make man more human than animal. So they began to say, no, the Jews got a book. The Christians got a book. Now, when it comes to us, what are we getting? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses to say, don't use that, that as an excuse. Allah says, وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَاتَّقُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ This is the blessed book that we have revealed, so follow it. Follow it and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that mercy can descend upon you. Allah 
we do not want you to come up and to say tomorrow that the books were revealed to the two groups before us, the Jews and the Christians, and we did not even know what was revealed to them. We did not know, we were not taught what was revealed to them. And we do not want you also to say that a book was not revealed to us. Had it been revealed to us, we would have been more rightly guided than them. أو تقولوا لو أن أنزل علينا الكتاب لكنا أهدا منهم. We do not want you to say that had a book been revealed to us, we would have been more rightly guided to them. We have revealed the book to you. Now let us see how many of you are going to adopt and obey. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make us and our offspring from amongst those whom, when the verses of the Quran are read to us. We can adopt and obey without questioning. Even if we are weak, let's not justify our weaknesses. We must acknowledge them, but we must not try and say that no, Islam permits this and that, just because it's our weakness. Rather, we work on it and eradicate it and come onto the straight path. And we will find the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a very important verse that I've mentioned many times regarding a good deed being multiplied by ten. I just want to raise one point about it and we will continue into the next surah inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whoever comes with a good deed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say whoever does a good deed. Man amila hasanatan or man fa'ala hasanatan. No. He says man ja'a bil hasanati. The one who comes on the day of qiyamah with his good deed intact, we will multiply it by ten. Why? Because it is ten times more difficult to protect your deed after you have engaged in it than to do the deed itself. To come up and to read salah, it's not extremely difficult. But now you've got salah, you are holding it. Atadruna manil muflis. Do you know who is the one who is bankrupt? He gave his salah away. Before he died, when he died and he came on the day of Qiyamah, the salah was not with him. Why? Ya'ti he, he comes and he has cheated that one, deceived that one, eaten the wealth of that one, backbitten about that one, slandered that one. So his salah is gone, his zakah is gone. In that case, there is no multiplication by ten. The multiplication by ten is only and solely for those who have done the deed, protect it, look after it, and involve in their own lives without being involved in the lives of others, and then get to the day of Qiyamah with that deed intact. Alhamdulillah. For that person, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make myself and yourselves all that particular person. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us our books on the right hand. Ameen. So remember, it is ten times more difficult to do, meaning to protect the deed, than to just do it. So when we have done our deeds, shaitan wants to spoil them. And shaitan wants to come to us and take these deeds away. We should not allow that to happen. Now let us move on to a very, very interesting surah. Surah Al-A'raf. And today I'd like to raise a point that I myself learned very recently. Do you know that in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention systematically of the creation of man, initial creation of man, and thereafter Iblis. And what Iblis did to Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, he gave him nasiha, he gave him advice. 
وقاسمهما إني لكما لمن الناصحين. He told Adam and Hawa, I swear, I swear again and again that I am a sincere advisor to you. I'm giving you sincere advice. إني لكما لمن الناصحين. I am for you, for the two of you, a sincere advisor. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention that look, he also claimed he was an advisor. He gave the wrong advice. And thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention, in fact he addresses Banu Adam. And he tells them, look, do not let shaitan trap you the same way he trapped Adam and Hawa alayha salatu wassalam. Alayhima as salatu wassalam. How is shaitan going to come to us to tell us to eat from the forbidden fruit or to tell us that he is an advisor? Let me inform you. In community and society, there are shayateen in the form of human beings. And sometimes even in the form of our own friends. They give us wrong advice. Intentionally, knowing that we are the mischief makers, but we don't want our faces and our names to come up in the front. Let us use A, B and C. We'll go to them and tell them, listen, exactly what shaitan said. We are sincere advisors. Go up, make the noise and we are behind you. Yes, so what happens? We are used then. And we come up, we make the noise on behalf of the main Iblis. And then what happens? When the downfall comes, then it's us. Where did they go? They ran away. Like shaitan ran away. That is what Allah says, don't allow that to happen to you. How many of us are guilty, honestly speaking, of allowing ourselves to be used by others? They tell you, no, go and tell that person this. Well, why don't you go? You've got a mouth, you've got two eyes and a nose just like mine. You go. Why do you want to use me? Is this shaitan's plan as well? Another thing is, when shaitan gave advice, shaitan gives advice normally to fulfill one's bubbling and bursting desire inside. Be careful. Islamic advice is normally to control. Islamic advice is normally to put more rules and regulations in your life. That is genuine advice. Someone, you want to burst out, shout and scream, and someone says, hang on, keep quiet. That person is more genuine than a person who says, yes, go, you've got the right to speak, go, speak. Do you see the difference? Let me tell you. Immediately after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Jannah and Jahannam. And the people of Jannah, وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ أَصْحَابَ النَّارِ We've interpreted these verses the last time I was here. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of Jannah will call out to the people of Jahannam to say, وَجَدْنَا مَا وَعَدَنَا رَبُّنَا حَقَّا We found what our Rabb has promised us to be the truth. Have you found what your Rabb has promised you to be the truth? And they will say, yes, we have. And after some time, they will call out to the people of Jannah, meaning the people of Jahannam will call out to the people of Jannah, saying, please pour on us water, or pour on us any form of liquid, anything that Allah has given you, just pour it on us. And they will say, إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَهُمَا عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Allah has prohibited any liquid, or any water, or any goodness, on those who have disbelieved and who have landed themselves in the fire of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Thereafter, systematically, Allah makes mention of prophet after prophet. Every time, and I want you to memorize what I'm about to say. Every time the story of any prophet is repeated in the Quran, it is repeated for a different reason. Every time the story of a prophet is repeated in the Quran, it is repeated for a different reason. Hunt and find out and you will see. Today, in these verses, this is the first time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking in a little bit of detail about the messages of the messengers. It is due to highlight the nasiha. 
Nasiha, he spoke about the Nasiha of Iblis. Now he is speaking about the Nasiha of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. What did Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam say? Ansahu lakum, or he says, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, he actually made mention, he says, وَأَنصَحُ لَكُمْ I am the one who is advising you to do A, B, C. We know the call of the, the messengers. On one side, we saw what Iblis said. He also said, uh, he also says, أَنَا لَكُمْ نَاصِحٌ أَمِينٌ Iblis said, أَنَا لَكُمْ نَاصِحٌ أَمِينٌ I am an advisor to you. And here Allah is saying, wait, think, there were other advisors that also came. Let's see, who is more correct? What is their advice? What type of advice do they give? That is why I said, Iblis and the satanic advice is to fulfill what is bubbling in you. You want to eat from the tree. Okay, go ahead, eat from the tree. That is satanic advice. But the Islamic advice to put control, to put tabs, to make you and me a human being. Allah says, look at what Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam told his people. He also says, Ansahu lakum. I am an advisor to you. Look at what Hud alayhi salatu wasalam says. He says, أَنَا لَكُمْ نَاصِحٌ أَمِينٌ I am also advising you. Allah is showing us every Nabi said, I am advising you. And the other advisor who is Iblis always comes and advises us in quiet and in silent in our minds and our hearts and our blood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the wrong advisors. Sometimes even physically, people are wrong advisors. We need to ask ourselves, whom am I getting my advice from? Especially even in marriage. Sometimes you have a marriage that is broken down to a certain extent. People who come in and say, fix him, fix her, do this, do that. And those things are dangerous. Those are not genuine people. Those are the shayateen. Those are the iblises of today. But those who tell you, listen, you can do more. Why don't you control your mouth? Why don't you come? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do more? Why don't you do what is in your hands? And so on. Those are your genuine friends. They want to see you happy in life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to solve our marital problems. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help bring the married couples of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam together. Remember, if your intention is to solve, Allah will open the door. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us solutions. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Salih alayhi salatu wa salam. He told his people, فَتَوَلَّا عَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ لَقَدْ أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَةَ رَبِّي وَنَصَحْتُ لَكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاصِحِينَ He says, when he went away from his people, when the punishment came, he said, look, didn't I advise you? I was an advisor to you, but you didn't like anyone to advise you in a manner that you disliked. So advice sometimes is actually bitter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. And in tomorrow's verses we will see also how Shu'aib alayhi salatu wasalam also told his people that I am an advisor to you. I have advised you. I have given you advice. But you don't like those who advise. How can I then regret regarding those who do not want to take heed? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So in a nutshell, as I mentioned, Every time the stories of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam are repeated in the Qur'an, they are for a different reason. In tonight's verses, one of the reasons, I'm not saying it is the only reason, one of the reasons is to show a comparison between the different advisors. Nasiha of Iblis on one side, and Nasiha of all the others on one side. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Be careful, O man, do not allow yourself to fall in the trap that your forefathers fell into. Open your eyes, see the road, everything is clear for you. Put 
rules and regulations on yourself that I have placed. Accept them, adopt them, and you will find success. If you do not want to accept them and adopt them, where then do you expect success? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us the road to Jannah, and we are facing in the other direction. Where are we going? We are never going to get to where we are heading. In fact, even when it comes to the roads, when we want to make a journey, each one of us looks at the map. And we make sure the M1 is heading in that direction. Is that where I'm going? Okay, stick to it. If I make one wrong turn, we all know how it feels. And 10, 20 kilometers later, we come back onto the straight path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the same way that we are so concerned when we are going from point A to point B, to look at the maps, we have the Quran. That is our map book. Getting to Jannah. If we would like to get to Jannah, follow that, that route. And make sure that we don't go astray. If we have, let's get back to the straight path before it is too late. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.